if I can give Mr. Owners Jones some advice, I would say this, go sit down with Aaron Donald. And if you say, what, what do you, what should you ask him? Aaron, what makes you great? That's how you start the conversation. I want to be great. I watch you. How can I be great? What it is, what it do. This is Rambling, your Rams podcast that brings you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. The Rams rookies are getting to work. It's OTAs, people. Mama, we made it and we are here to talk about it. So to help me do that, I've got my buddy who happens to be a former NFL player, current ESPN college football analyst. You can hear him on Sirius XM NFL radio. He's part of the Rams game day radio broadcast. Fun fact, he has the same birthday as Benicio Del Toro and Seal. He's a Pisces and he's my dear friend, Kurt Morrison. <laughs> Serena, what's up, man? Glad to be with you. What's going on? Those Pisces, you know? Yes. You are. And yeah. you know what? I'm stereotypically an Aries. Like, if you couldn't. You couldn't. <laughs> but the world is so much better with Pisces running, roaming around it, though. Just always remember yes. that. You're just swimming around. I hear you. <laughs> um, well, Kurt, it's crazy. We're also grateful because we have rookies running around the building very different from last season the Rams picked up nine new players in the draft I'm not gonna lie I actually like this group they seem like fun vocal smart guys so I wanted to get your take of just which ones stand out to you I think all of them stand out to me because they all I think play a role I think within this uh team or you can actually see them carving out a role to be honest um, I think with the Rams, we know that their draft picks are never really going to be in the first round. We know we're not having a first round draft pick. It's like you get excited about them when they select someone. It's like, I don't care who it is. They're, they're finally selecting. So that happens, seems like every single year. But I think when you look at the draft class as a whole, they got guys that were, I think, depth. The Rams don't draft for need. They draft for depth. It's a difference. You look at a lot of NFL teams around the NFL, what, what do they do? Oh, they need a left tackle or they need a wide receiver. They need a running back. Where I felt like the Rams in the last, what, four or five seasons, they just draft best player available or the best player to me, Serena, that gives them depth at a certain position. I mean, Tutu Atwell to me was a luxury pick. Did they need another wide receiver? No, not really. But they got another guy who can be a playmaker. I call it a joker player. Because Sean McVay, since he's been in L.A. his first four seasons, never had that joker type player. When I say joker, a guy who can play a little bit of everything. He can be on your punt return team. He can be a wide receiver. He can line up in the slot. He can do reverses, line up in the backfield. And so that was a luxury pick for a room that already had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Now you add Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson in his second year. So... That was a luxury pick. And then Ernest Jones, wow, uh, you get an outstanding linebacker, played in the SEC. We know what that conference is all about. And yet he's a quiet leader, learning his way so far. If, uh, we'll see what happens when he finally has that conversation with Aaron Donald, right, Serena? Because I know oh. <laughs> he's been talking. Look, and it reminded me, and I don't want to go into too many stories, but I kind of understand where Ernest Jones is coming from. Because I remember as a rookie, I walk into a locker room and the next thing I know, like I'm having to bark signals to Warren Sapp. Okay. So Warren Sapp was a perennial, I mean, he was a hall of famer already. And here I am telling him, 
hey, uh, hey, tight left, tight left. Hey, 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 if you're going to call the huddle, you better speak up. So I had to go through all of that. I know Ernest. Mortified. <laughs> Ernest Jones is going to go through that. But I think another outstanding player in a room that's pretty crowded, the inside linebacker room with Micah Kaiser, Kenny Young, you know, Trayvon Howard's going to come back off of injury. You've already, like, so the Rams added just pieces that were depth. And then yeah. Bobby Brown with another cool name. So oh, I know his name a ton. Bobby Brown, the third, by the way, again, like another pick for the Rams. That is, again, it's about depth. It's mm-hmm. about now more so than ever. In yeah. a 17 game season over 18 weeks, Serena, it's about depth. And I mean, I can go in on and on, whether it's Jake Funk, Squirrel Neck, I mean, the entire draft class to me, yeah. I thought you can easily see them being a member of the 53, but also a very important piece of the practice squad guys that when we're looking up in November or December and well now possibly January, because we're still playing regular season in January. Would you be surprised to see some of these guys playing? I don't think so, because I think they find a way to make this roster at some point. Yeah, I agree. It's a, they're just so exciting. And yes. <laughs> Kurt, to your point, um, we are going to play this clip about Ernest Jones and Aaron <laughs> Donald. So we'll get to that because it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Robert Woods, one of the wide receivers, veteran in the league now, veteran on the Rams, spoke to the media this week and he alluded to winning the Super Bowl, which you just spoke to at least five times. I counted. <laughs> one of those times he said, quote, we're a loaded team. We have all the parts. We have all the pieces to get where we need to go. And now it's up to the players and the coaches. Kurt, how realistic is it with this beefed up offense and with last season's number one defense? Do they have what it takes? Like, did they, are they just, is this the champagne problems that Sean McVay (laughs) talks about? (laughs) Well, I think we can't forget that this is a team that's uh, two full seasons removed from playing in a Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. So for every single year for the Rams, it's Super Bowl or bust. Now, other teams around the National Football League can go out and they just want to get to the playoffs. We want to win a division, want to be the wild card. That's that's not the Rams' expectations. Having been to the Super Bowl, the expectation is we know how to get there. We want to get back there. And we felt that we had to make a change at quarterback that will probably help us in the long run get back to our ultimate goal. I think the defense will be okay. It's just going to be tough losing Brandon Staley. I don't have them as that number one vaunted defense. You lost a lot of great players as well. You know, when you lose the Troy Hills, um, you know, the John Johnsons, you know, you lose Michael Brockers. I mean, these were stalwarts on your defense for a long time. It will take time, but they won't be a bad defense. They'll still be a good defense, but it's really about what they do offensively. Come on, Serena. It, it, this team is led by its offense. Last year, it was, it was, it kind of shocked us. We were like, wow, the Rams are being actually led by their defense. I think the roles are reversed. They go back to how it's always been under Sean McVay, an offensive-led football team that only – it's not good enough, right? They've made the playoffs three of McVay's four years. It's about getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. And look, Super Bowl 56, February 13th, right here, Los Angeles, (laughs) SoFi Stadium. I mean, what would uh, how can we write a better story than what Tampa did last year, except right. write it in Los Angeles? I'm I'm with you. I'm for that. 
less traveling for all of us too. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And would you say that the you know the what is the it is it is it just changing the quarterback? I mean, yes. Last season, when the, when the Rams went to the Super Bowl uh, and played against the Patriots, the Rams had one of the top offenses. Things were flipped last season. But yes, do you think, okay, Matthew Stafford, I mean, I watched film with Sean McVay, and I, I mean, you know, he's going to cherry pick all the good stuff to show right. us reporters, but I was like, <laughs> what? Oh, so impressed. Well, I think you have a guy who understands situational football, most importantly. And situational football for me as a player throughout my eight years in the NFL is how you win games and lose games. Mm -hmm. It's how do you attack being backed up, red zone, goal line, short yardage, two-minute drill, all those things come to play. And you don't realize it to the next day where you realize that you didn't handle a situation well the week, the, the, the game prior. And what happens? You lose that football game. And it's only a couple of instances Matthew Stafford brings an element of experience, but he also brings an element of having seen a lot of football, seen a lot of different defenses, seen different rotations, lineups. He understands by maybe the mistakes that he may have made that, okay, I can't do that anymore. And as an older quarterback, it's, you know, when to throw the football away, you know, when it's not there. I think that's what excites me the most is that Sean McVay can truly open up his playbook. When you think about the NFL, a lot of times the quarterbacks that make the plays off schedule are the ones that we marvel at. It's that a play is called by the by the head coach or the offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden here comes the defense with a blitz, and here comes you know offensive lineman missing a block. It's the quarterback that can see that, make the play, and turns it into a big play or make the outstanding throw for a touchdown. Those are the plays I think Matthew Stafford is capable of that Sean McVay will not be afraid to call anything. And guess what? If the play looks like it may not work, I think Matthew Stafford has the ability to say, Sean, kill, kill, kill. No, let's run the football here. And, and I think that's OK, because, look, the defense gets paid, too. And you got a quarterback that can get you in the right situation and not just run always with the quarterback coach or, you know, the offensive coordinator is asking him to run. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, Sean McVay has obviously shown his genius as, uh, right. you know, offense in, in the offensive world. But to have now Matthew Stafford, 12 years of playing, now he's getting put with a team that Sean McVay is like, okay, I have all the ingredients. Let's bake some cake here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be, I'll be good. <laughs> well, I think also, too, we don't we don't talk enough about the running game for the Rams and Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. We'll see who's going to be that third back this year, whether it's Xavier Jones, we could throw in, uh, you know, Jake Funk. It's going to be some guys that'll be, but you have a nice little group of running backs that we'll see this year. Matthew Stafford in his time in Detroit, you know how many thousand yard rushers he had? And it was one. And people forget it was Reggie Bush <laughs> that rushed for a thousand yards. That's how, like, think about it. A running game for Matthew Stafford is going to work out tremendously. He's an outstanding play-action quarterback, and we know the McVay offense and its play-action passes, getting the ball down the field. It's going to be, I think, um, it's going to be a show, very similar to what we saw with this greatest show on turf because now you do have a, a Deshaun Jackson that can stretch the field, which is something the Rams' offense Let's be honest, it missed last year. It did not have that threat. The years prior, it had Brandon Cooks. It had, in McVay's first year, even a Sammy Watkins, a well-traveled Sammy Watkins. There's a reason why the offense took off, and I think finally McVay is getting back to what he really first started with when he landed in Los Angeles. Oh, it is exciting. If, if you're not entertained, you're going to be. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
as a former linebacker, I did want to get your take on this group specifically. And you kind of talked through a couple of the players, but losing Samson Abicom, I think, was significant because he was sort of that veteran presence. Leonard Floyd, obviously a vet, but he was new to the team. You mentioned Micah Kaiser, he's coming back from injury. Traven Howard's coming back from injury. Chris Shula is taking over the linebackers group with Joe Barry leaving. I just feel like there's a lot of changes here. And this was sort of like a spotlight of who's going to pop. Um, where do you see this group really finding their groove? Well, I think your your young players got to step up now. Um, our, our, our young pups uh, that we saw earlier now, hey, Terrell Lewis, guess what? Time to rise up. Same thing with you, Obo, Obanaya, Okoronkwo. Like th- their positions are now for you to go out there and take. That's the opportunity. They felt that rather than signing Saps and Ibukam, that we've got some guys in-house who can take over that role and excel at that. So I look at it as more of a vote of confidence for the guys that you already have in-house. And to go with, you know, obviously we mentioned Micah Kaiser, Trayvon Howard, Kenny Young. Uh, we can throw in Troy Reader as well. Like if you think about, yeah. So they've always, to me, employed a defensive philosophy by, by fit. Guys just go in and play and everybody has a role. I think when you have that, it's a lot easier to play. You just don't have that one guy who's going to be there every single down, every single play. I feel like the Rams have linebackers for situations and it works. If this is, you know, if this is the week that we got an outstanding, you know, running back that can get out of the backfield a little bit, then you're going to have your speedier linebackers or Kenny Young's a lot in coverage. If they're going to run the football, like when you play against the Titans, I think in week seven on Sunday night football and you got big Derrick Henry running, I think I may be a little more stout to have some Troy Reader and Micah Kaiser behind me throwing a little Ernest Jones in there in the rotation. So now you, you have all of that. And I think that's what the Rams quietly have done. They've built depth. It may not be our household names that we know, Serena, but I feel like there's guys that can go in and fill that role, fill that need when they're asked to be or when they're called upon. And it's cool because we've got some household names like AD and J. Yeah, you got those. Yeah, we got those too. <laughs> yeah, we can't forget about those guys, but you oh, do right. have the people around them. Yeah. This is exciting. Yeah, but it is though, man. I mean, Sebastian Joseph Day. I mean, I'm looking for a big season from Greg Gaines as well. Uh, I'm looking for a big season as well from David yeah. Long, and the, you know, the cornerback. Yeah. He's finally got to step up. Darius Williams, hey, brother, you change your number to 11. You got to step up and play now. Yeah. You know, you can pay the big bucks as well. So, There's a lot of pieces to this defense now that you get excited about because as much as there were some departures, there's also a vote of confidence in some of those guys that will now take that next step, that bigger role within the defense. Yeah. The biggest news these days, the Rams are going to be hosting games at SoFi Stadium at full capacity in 2021. CEO Kevin Demoff said Stan Kroenke built SoFi Stadium for Rams fans and all of Los Angeles to enjoy. Kurt, how enjoyable will 2021 be as a football fan and as a football player? Um, you know what? It's going to be fantastic. You know, I had a chance to talk to Charlotte Carey. She's the uh, NFL's director of broadcasting a couple weeks ago. And, you know, she kind of brought it to my attention that, you know, it was unfortunate because of the pandemic that Los Angeles didn't get a chance to really show off SoFi Stadium like they wanted to. Right. You think about it last year, Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. And you have this look like an ancient Roman Coliseum, right? It would look beautiful, but yet there was nobody in there. (laughs) And so I think the NFL did a great job of sort of redoing 
SoFi Stadium for 2021 and getting those games. I know we're, we're talking Rams, and look, the Rams are going to have two Sunday night games um, in, in the stadium against Chicago. I mentioned Tennessee as well. But then also to the Chargers, they're going to have some games. All of their games will be at SoFi Stadium as well. So you're going to get a ton of games inside of that stadium. The fans are going to be there. And you can really just get feel the energy that I think SoFi is waiting. People have been wanting to see it. And I know I'm excited. I really can't. I mean, you've been in there, but with no fans, you can't get the actual feel that you want. So I'm hoping to sneak in there for a concert or two before just so I can get the feeling of it. I've only seen just the pictures of what it looks like at half capacity, less than that. And to see it at full capacity, I mean, Sunday night football against the Bears, um, it's I probably going to be, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps, man. Rockets, everything. I mean, and the, the stadium be, be ready to go. It'll be, I think last year there were still some pieces that we saw walking around the stadium that were still getting done. And we were hoping the fans to get in there, but I think finally everything is done. This will be the jewel that everyone thought it would be of the NFL. We are ready. I've walked around the stadium a good trillion times, like a little <laughs> right. happy pony, because I'm like, oh, I have a stadium to myself. But exactly. I'm way more excited to be running through crowds, hopefully, uh, for 2021. So very excited there. And hey, shout out to the L.A. County Department of Public Health, the yes. medical community, the first responders, everyone doing their part to make it possible again for the Rams house this fall to be at full capacity. So thank you. Shout out to all of those guys. Um, what makes me happy? Kurt, a few weeks ago, I did, I accomplished the unimaginable, not the impossible though. I burned 10,000 calories in 21 hours. I did the 10K challenge like Taylor Rapp, shameless plug because you can read about it on the rams.com, but I'm so, so happy that it's over. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you could you send some of those my way? Some of those calories you burn, send them my way. Well, <laughs> I'll share some with you. The strength and conditioning group did not think I was going to do it, but I had like I'm doing this series. I did. I ate like Aaron Donald. And here's what happened. I, you know, uh, chewed a toothpick like Juju Hughes. And here's what happened. And now I did this 10K calorie challenge like Taylor Rapp. And I will tell you, my body took just a little longer than usual to recover. I actually <laughs> found out that if you ran a marathon, which I've run the New York City Marathon before, you don't even burn 10,000 calories. The average football player in a game probably burns anywhere from 2,000 to 5,000, depending on their position. You're not even burning 10,000 calories in a day. for You have to. He did it in, I believe, just around 18 hours. Yeah. The entire day, I split it uh -huh. in days. Kurt, mm -mm. Mm -mm. there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, exceptional athletes, right? These guys are. And to try to walk in their shoes are, and to think, I, I you know I once was one, and I still marvel at what these guys are able to do now. You know, I, I mentioned Derrick Henry a little bit earlier, watching his offseason workouts. You mentioned Taylor Rapp. That was something I saw from him waking up, you know, in the offseason early, early in the morning, and starting this trek and completing it. Um, I thought that was fantastic. But I think, you know, athletes like to be pushed to the limits and they want to test and see how far can they go. And there's a reason that on Sundays or Saturday nights, Sundays, whatever it may, whatever day they're playing football. Yeah, every day it feels like, right? They had a, a game every every day of the week last year in the NFL. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, Serena, honestly, the competition, yeah. the competitors that they are, always pushing the limit. And, you know, I'm not surprised at all uh, that what some of them do, 
I just know for me, I can't do it anymore. I just watch. I, I cheer from the sideline now. That's what I. That's my job now. Just cheer from the sideline and analyze it. But shout out to you, though. Congratulations for doing that. First of all, um, I know you probably won't be doing it again. But you know what? Job. Kudos to you. <laughs> just anyone who wants to try it out, like you gotta, you need to like prep. You can't just go up there and be like, "Let me try." No. It. Day. Don't don't insult the process. I, I still I still I still don't even watch the hot dog eating contest. That's still like <laughs> that, that's, that's calories I don't even want. <laughs> oh, I covered that one year for ESPN. Oh man, uh, news around the NFL, calling it a career at forty eight years old. Adam Vinatieri, the legend, he played roughly half of his days, twenty four seasons. In the NFL, Kurt, your thoughts? Just think he came to the NFL in 1996. The Olympics were in, uh, <laughs> where were the Olympics were in? Atlanta, I believe. The, oh was that the God. 96 games in Atlanta? Um, golly, I mean, that's a long time. I competed against Adam Vinatieri, always been a great dude. Um, and to I think, think everyone's competed against, him. yeah, I mean, 24 years. I mean, I think Tom Brady's trying to catch him, right? He's the only person that can catch him. The NFL's all time leading scorer. Um, I thought, you know, Bill Belichick, head coach of the Patriots said it best. I think he's the greatest NFL kicker of all time. I mean, when you think of NFL kickers, he should be the first one. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer when his time comes in 2026. So we got to wait until 2026. But I think we'll see his bust in Canton um, because so many, I think about it, the, the Patriots dynasty really kind of rested on his shoulders. And for me, being a former Raider, seeing him move out the the snow in the, the tuck roll game and kick the Patriots into, honestly, their first Super Bowl um, to open up really the career for Tom Brady as well. So it's like so many storylines that go into the career. Adam Vinatieri, one of the best ever to do it. Best ever, hanging up his cleats. Go get some new shoes because those <laughs> are definitely old. Um, one other story that really popped from news from around the NFL, Tom Brady, wow. So on May 26th uh, at 9.47 a.m., Tom Brady posted a meme on his timeline and he's just, you know, talking, throwing a little bit of shade. And it's according to Sportico, Brady and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson will team up together to take on DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Brady and Mickelson, they lost to Tigers and Peyton Manning in the last edition of the match. Very popular. This year's event is, is set to take place at Moonlight Basin in Montana, July 6th. So there's a little bit of like, OK, we're getting set up for it. But if you haven't seen the meme, it's basically um, uh, is it DeChambeau sighing or uh, Copta's sign because someone's, you know, video bombing his um, interview. And it says Aaron Rodgers is, you know, with the sighing face and then the Packers kicking a field goal down seven. Ooh, I, I, to me, the, the biggest thing here is Tom Brady is coming to life. Like yeah. he is it like Stella got <laughs> his groove back because he wouldn't do this with Bill <laughs> Belichick as his right. coach. Right. Am I, a little no, bit? it's uh it's a totally different Tom Brady. And uh, you know, the meme that you talk about goes back to last week, uh, Brooks Kepka playing in a PGA championship and, for some reason, there's this feud between Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. And it has been going. And every time Kepka sees Shambeau, he literally he stopped an interview because he is in disgust of DeChambeau. It's so funny. So it's like soap operas in golf. It, like, why it is. Had this 
I'm trust me. I'm like I'm, and I'm a Brooks Kepka fan. So I'm, and then, but DeChambeau is a California kid, right? Born in Bakersfield, and uh, you know he he's you know won a major as well. So you have this feud going on, but then you think of Tom Brady, the one of the, the oldest player, one of the oldest players to win a Super Bowl, right? And then you have Phil Mickelson, who just won the PGA at age fifty. Okay, so you have these two guys who know about championships, and now you got DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's all in fun. I think it's great. Um, I think honestly, I, like I, I need I needed this Tom Brady a long time ago. Like to be real, think about it. Tom Brady now, whether he's throwing the soup, the Lombardi trophy from you know yacht to yacht during a parade, um, whether he's just the things that he's been doing, he's just way more open. And I and I, I love a it. Heart attack, by the way. <laughs> you like he's like the cool uncle. He went from crazy uncle to oh, cool <laughs> uncle Tom is here. You know, like what in the world is crazy? I thought you were going. I thought you gave you a heart attack because the Lombardi trophy is made by Tiffany's. So if it did fall into the water. That's basically a Tiffany's piece going all the way to the bottom of the uh, of the Gulf or the water down there in Tampa. So that's why I thought you I thought you were giving me a reference of jewelry. But no, yes, I was just like, <laughs> what in the world? So are hopefully doing? I didn't give you even more of a heart attack thinking that a piece of Tiffany's jewelry almost sank to the bottom of the water. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, no, that's we keep it simple here in the Morales household. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm all about it. I want more yeah. of this Tom Brady. Like this, like go off into the sunset in yeah. comedic fashion. Also, we can't wait for him to come to SoFi too. So that'd be great. You know, getting the chance to see the Buccaneers reigning champions. I know they're still heated from the Rams coming to Raymond James last year and taking care of business. So yeah. that's one of those games I have circled as well, Serena. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, Serena's social segment coming to you socially distant, of course, but soon when things open up, they will not be so distant. <laughs> Kurt, you're from Oakland, I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, right. Wanted to get your thoughts because this is interesting. There's chatter. The Oakland A's, they could be relocating if the city doesn't approve their $12 billion development plan, which allocated $1 billion for a new stadium. You played for the Raiders. They're in Vegas. <laughs> Oakland, you're from there. So give me some, uh, where do you think this team should go? Well, I would love for them to stay in Oakland, you know, being born and raised there and watching the Raiders as they came back. You would hope that um, that someone would stay there. Right. The Raiders have gone to Vegas. We know the Warriors that played in Oakland for many years, they actually have moved over to San Francisco across the bridge. So that's two teams that played in Oakland that are no longer there. The A's may be the third. And look, Vegas has shown greener pastures, right? No state income tax. A lot of people are looking. I mean, people are scared now, especially in the NBA. I saw that, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves are selling the team, obviously, to Alex Rodriguez and his group. And people are saying, well, if they sell the team, would Alex Rodriguez bring the Minnesota Timberwolves to Las Vegas? Yeah. If the A's come to Vegas, think about it. You've got all four major sports covered in Las Vegas from obviously the Vegas Golden Knights. We already know the Raiders are there. They've got a WNBA team, the Las Vegas Aces. I mean, Vegas is stealing everybody and I don't like it, but I understand it in the economics of sports. I wish the A's would stay home, would stay in Oakland. Hopefully they get it done. But 
Look, I, I can't, you know, that's the monopoly money that I don't play with. So I let the, the politicians and all the businessmen handle that part. I just hope that they stay. But if not, yeah. it does give us a reason to go to Las Vegas, though. So that's my it's other. Not too far away. It's not yeah, too far away. it's not too bad. Not too bad. I'm with you. As someone for the Bronx, if I lost the Yankees out of the Bronx, it would yeah. crush me. So I, I don't think you have to worry about that. You're, you're uh, good. Bronx <laughs> yeah. Bombers, I think, is like yeah. trademark something or another. Yeah, you're, you're good. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Uh, we will wrap up with Say What. Today's Say What comes from rookie linebacker. We mentioned Ernest Jones, who spoke to the media this week. And look, we all love Aaron Donald, but this rookie class apparently loves Aaron Donald, too. Bobby Brown already gave AD a huge hug, who told me Aaron Donald is his favorite player ever. And well, apparently Bobby Brown isn't the only one. Take a listen to what Ernest Jones had to say about working with the three-time defensive player of the year. I didn't want to fanboy him at first, so I've kind of tried to stand back from AD. I haven't talked to him yet, but I it's it's coming. It's definitely I want a one-on-one, like full conversation with him. And, and so what were you gonna ask him? I, I don't know. I, I I can't say this. Uh what last week sometime I was calling the play out and he didn't hear it. So then he asked me again, and I about froze up just because I was like, bro, this is Aaron Donald. Oh, this is Aaron Donald. And I'll say this. I'd rather be in his shoes dealing with Aaron Donald than maybe Warren Sapp in your, in your case. Yeah, it, it was scary for me. Um, I Like I said, when, when I uh, kind of heard this story and read about it and then listened to the audio there, it just it brought back, you know, memories of my career. And I was a rookie in my first mini camp and they told me to go out there with the first team. And I look out there and in my huddle was Hall of Famer Warren Sapp right in front of me. And then on the other side behind him was Charles Woodson, who will be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. So I'm a rookie with two guys who I idolized. Like Charles Woodson, to me, like I still fan out over Charles Woodson and I'm a grown man. So think about it, me, young 22, 23-year-old Kirk Morrison, seeing a guy like, that's the dude, the only defensive player to win the Heisman. Like what is going on? But I think that's what makes the OTAs, the mini camps great because you get a chance to get that fanboy out. And then once it's time to go play, you go out there and go play. So by training camp, the fanboy will be over. And then you could just marvel on them because the next part is now you get to watch them on tape and watch them work and you get to watch and see what makes them great. So if I can give Mr. Owners Jones some advice, I would say this, go sit down with Aaron Donald. And if you say, what, what do you, what should you ask him? Aaron, what makes you great? That's how you start the conversation. I want to be great. I watch you. How can I be great? That's how you start the conversation. Bada bing, bada boom. That's a wrap for another episode of Ramblin'. Let's get out of here. Thank you, thank you. Always, Serena. Appreciate the time, always. Let's go fanboy SoFi Stadium now. And Rams fans, you don't need to wait for the preseason to do so. The Los Angeles Rams are inviting fans to attend an open practice at SoFi Stadium on Thursday, June 10th at 4 p.m. Pacific. The event will provide fans with the first opportunity to see Rams players take the field 
in person at SoFi Stadium, as well as here from head coach Sean McVay, general manager Les Snead, and several players. This is something you don't want to miss. The open practice hosted by the voice of the Rams, J.B. Long and legend DeMarco Farr will feature game day entertainment elements. I'm going to be there. Rams rituals, live music, and an in-depth look at the Rams offseason. Fans will also get a chance to visit the team store, the equipment room. It's beautiful to purchase exclusive Rams merchandise and other unique products to access the open practice at SoFi Stadium. It's available to the public with priority, obviously given to the Rams season ticket members. We love you. Thank you. Tickets for the event are complimentary. They're free. We love it. We love free, but must be booked online in advance of the event to receive information about attending the open practice at SoFi Stadium. Make sure fans, you visit the rams.com slash ROP. And don't forget that the season is fast approaching. You don't want to miss out on your chance to experience SoFi Stadium for the first time and catch the entire season. We got extra game this year, guys. Make sure you go and get your tickets from the rams.com slash tickets. You'll find season tickets, suites, group tickets, single game tickets, all the tickets you need. That's at the rams.com slash tickets. Kurt, I appreciate you and all of you stay safe and healthy, my friends. 